Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Welcome on into a special edition of the KSL Sports Front Page presented by University of Federal Credit Union. I'm your host, Trevor Allen, and I'm also the Utes Insider and the Crimson Corner Podcast host, joined by a trio of fine gentlemen who are very good at their jobs and covering college football. First, just below me is It's Utah's World podcast host and fellow U Insider, Tom Hackett. Tom, how are you, man? I'm good. How you doing, Trevor? Doing good. And then we also have Mitch Harper, who is our, our BYU guy. He is also the host of the Cougar Tracks podcast and also the uh, host of Cougar Sports Saturday on KSL News Radio. And he's well into college football. And so is the guy at the very bottom, Sean O'Connell. He is a Sirius XM Pac 12 channel host and a columnist for KSLSports.com. So, fellas, big, big news coming across as we have right here. The uh, Pac 12 conference is postponing their football season, and also other fall sports. And we're now hearing um, that the earliest they're able to start is January 1st. So we'll just start down the line, Tom, your initial reactions when when you heard that this is now becoming a real thing. I could see it coming from a mile away. Uh, college football's a mess. It's uh, And it has been for a long time. So so I'm not necessarily surprised. I, you know, I, I would have liked them to have postpone the decision maybe just a couple weeks and 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 kept meeting every so often to discuss where we're at regarding the pandemic regarding the virus and you know who knows maybe in the middle of of the fall um something changes uh, a vaccine faster testing whatever the case and then you could go you could go from there and and maybe make a decision um but but to to just entirely cut fall, I thought was somewhat premature personally. Uh, but but at the same time, I mean, this is college football. This is the NCAA, and so it, it doesn't surprise me. Here in the state of Utah, we'll have high school football. The NFL will be playing, but college football won't be, which I think says everything. I mean, that 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 tells everybody watching this feed 
uh, all that they need to know, and that is the, the discord that surrounds college football. It's horrific. It's problematic. The players don't have a voice. The players are trying to get a voice, um, and hopefully sooner rather than later they'll they'll find that. But as of right now, I mean, it's it's complete and utter chaos, Trev. And then, Tom, you also uh, tweeted out that you've talked to somebody within within the Utah football program. Just tell us what you're hearing right now as far as their reaction. Uh, it was somebody up in the athletic department, and uh, and they just they just mentioned that you know they're heartbroken. Um, I think Utah financially is going to survive. You know, I don't think there's any concern that that they're going to go under necessarily, but you know, it's certainly going to sting the uh, the financial book for for 2020. Uh, I think more than anything, the sentiment coming from the Hill right now is uh, the disappointment for the, the players. Uh, and I think the players deserve more. And I think the leadership anyway up, up on the Hill understands that the players deserve more. Uh, but everybody up there from, from who I've spoken to is, is just completely and, and utterly heartbroken by the decision that's uh, about to unfold in 20 minutes time. And then, uh, Sean, you also heard that the uh, Pac-12 coaches have already been told the season has been postponed to spring. What are you hearing as far as reaction just from the uh, coaches' standpoint? Well, it's a lot of wasted work, unfortunately, for the coaching staffs who did a pretty remarkable job in pivoting their their kind of sit-in-their-ways practices to accommodate the new normal, that phrase that everybody hates, Right. You had to space out workouts. You had to do more of your strength and conditioning outside. Uh, you had to adhere to some new protocols. You had to make sure that your players were doing a good job of keeping themselves clean and safe, uh, even when they were away from the facilities, which is probably the biggest challenge when it comes to college students. And for the most part, with rare exception, in the Pac-12, that was done successfully. You know, you look at the the testing numbers – and they're not specific to just football, but you look at the release testing numbers for Pac-12 institutions and you have low positive test rates. You have uh, progressively reduced positive test rates, which means people show up, they test positive, they get quarantined. And then the next time the test happens, instead of eight people testing positive, it's four people testing positive. So a lot of these programs were doing the right things. And they were doing it specifically so you could have a college football season. And now you're punting until spring, but let's be honest, fellas, spring isn't going to happen either because you cannot tell me, and I tweeted this, you cannot tell me that this decision is being made in the interest of health and safety for college athletes and then ask those same college athletes to play two full football seasons in a single calendar year. You're ignoring everything else we know about football. You're ignoring joint and bone injuries. You're ignoring CTE. You're ignoring all of that if you're trying to make them play two times in one calendar year. So I am devastated right now. I'm angry right now. Uh, and I'm rambling. So I'll, I'll end it there. Well, and I'm glad that we're, you know, doing it on this and that we're not actually in person, especially when you're angry. I will say, though, to that point, I did talk to Urban Meyer about a month ago, and I brought up the whole possibility of college football being played in the spring. And he said that, that there isn't a chance for those exact same reasons to where, you know, putting these student athletes through that rigorous contact two seasons worth, that is, and then being able to do that, it, it's just really hard to ask for those student-athletes to do. Now, I want to go over to Mitch Harper. Something that, that we've been talking about is 
why make this choice now? We've already seen two power five conferences now make this choice, Mitch, but why are they doing it in August instead of maybe delaying it, you know, maybe a month or two down the road to see where we're at? I think that honestly, when we saw the NCAA require that these schools could not give these players waivers, it was over. Uh, that Because I think that these schools, you're talking about university presidents are fearful of the unknowns. It, it, when Deshaun's point about player safety, I think that's being brought up, and, and that's something that I think is a nice line in a statement. But ultimately, it's the fear of the unknown. It's the fear of the lawsuits. And let's face it, too, the unionization potential feared made these schools worry, too. It's, I don't think it's a coincidence that the support these players started to realize the platforms that they had. And then we go from conference-only schedules and a lot of excitement about starting Pac-12 football, Big Ten football in late September to now suddenly we don't have a season. I, I think that plays a role in all of this. And, you know, if you do want to have a spring football season, you better pay the players straight cash out of that TV revenue. But we know that's not happening. At a minimum, these guys need to get name, image, likeness rights eventually going forward because – Clearly, they've been silenced, as Tom mentioned. Uh, they don't have a voice, and that's frustrating. And, you know, college football did not have to be here, but it feels like there's no leadership, there's no vision for the sport. It's all just a regionally-based sport, but it's a sport that's grown national attention, and no one is overseeing it like the national sport that it's truly become. So it's a frustrating day. Hopefully, college football can become uh, uh, better for this, and maybe there's some teams like Nebraska in the Big Ten – that truly do go rogue and say, we're going to still play a season. I want chaos to somehow happen, but I think we're eventually just heading to a point where everyone's going to cancel. They're going to try and say they're going to put out spring, but we know that's not happening. I think guys too, that we maybe don't see college sports between now until what next September. It's, it's going to be a long time. I I think that we're not going to see any sort of college sports between the next 12 months. I want to open up to the force of whoever wants to put in their opinion on this. The way I look at it too, as far as playing spring ball, I, what I don't get is a couple of things. One, spring football practices, which was, was canceled this year, is a great opportunity to develop all of your young talent, your transfers, and all that stuff. But then also for your seniors or juniors that are eligible to go into the NFL draft, the combine, the senior bowl, the draft itself is in the spring. How is that going to impact? Because I don't, I don't think the league is going to change their draft date or anything. How is that going to impact college football moving forward? especially when, you know, they're supposed to have another season coming up. Is Trevor Lawrence going to be playing college football in the spring? Is, you know, Jake Bentley? What do you guys think is going to happen as far as spring football comes up? I'll take the first crack at that, Trevor. What you're talking about, if a spring football season is explored at all, is a spring football season without the premier talents in all of college football. And then we already saw that a lot of guys were opting out for 2020 in the Big Ten specifically, Micah Parsons and Rashad Bateman and some of those guys were going to sit out. I think even if we would have played this fall, we would have seen maybe Panay Sewell and people like that in the Pac-12 conference maybe take a seat. Uh, but definitely pushing to the spring, you shave off the top few rounds of, of talent as it pertains to the NFL draft, and those guys are not on college football rosters come January. And look, that's fine. Let them go explore their NFL opportunities. That's what that time of year is for. The NFL is not interrupted by anything. I mean, COVID-19 to them is nothing. So, um, yeah, you're not going to see Trevor Lawrence in a Clemson uniform again. But to your other point, I think it's actually, if you want to find a silver lining here, 
There is nothing better for development, for transfers, for young players, for guys who redshirted a season before than live action. So if you're playing in the spring, you can get those guys four games of live action without them burning their red shirt. So at the end of the day, for the young players specifically, it might actually be helpful, but that's really digging something positive out of this. By the way, Sean, uh, we'll, we'll go to uh, Tom and Mitch here in just a minute, but it is now official. The Pac-12 has postponed all sports competitions through the end of the calendar year. They will not be playing any sports until at least January 1st, 2021. You guys can find that that full statement and all that uh, once they go into the story and then fix this over at kslsports.com. But, you know, Mitch, to your point now, I mean, you still have a season, at least right now. Uh, BYU has has three games on their schedule, but – as far as spring football, say that BYU does end up moving to a spring football. How does that have any kind of impact on BYU, but also just on college football in general? Yeah, I mean, it, spring football for BYU, they would explore it. But as Tom Homo has said, it's a last resort. Uh, the logistics would be a complete and absolute nightmare. Uh, I just don't I don't see it happening. But BYU will do that. And the Power 5 teams, they got the financial resources to make it happen. And, you know, would there be as much of an appetite from TV networks to – but those games in spring, I mean, maybe, but uh, then you're, then you're mixing in with the NCAA tournament. How does that look? When does the season start? Again, logistically, we're just always set in our ways when it comes to sports. I mean, this is usually the time of the year for myself where I think it's my new year. This is, this is January one for me where it's like, this is the start of a new beginning and it just completely rocked. And uh, I hope we see, you know, college football be better off in the long term. But, you know, I think that seeing, the Pac-12 say no sports until January 1. I go back to last July when we did one of these, and it was the Ivy League who announced it, and a lot of the people in the national talking heads were saying, uh, don't think an Ivy League or the FCS is going to influence the P5. This shows that high academic institutions, they're going to always value these higher education opportunities. The Big Ten, the Pac-12, they view themselves bigger than just sports. It's about higher learning. The the education is top-notch. And when the Ivy League did this, we knew this was eventually going to happen for both the Big Ten and the Pac-12. And it's not a surprise that the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 are trying to cling to a football season because, again, they, they kind of have a different view. And economically, the impact of college football is far greater in those markets than it is in the Big Ten and the Pac-12. Tom, something that uh, really comes to mind when it comes to playing football in the, the spring, and as Sean mentioned, like Trevor Lawrence probably isn't going to be playing you know, things like that. If these big name college football players do not play, do we see a dip in TV ratings, especially not only one is it being moved to spring when everyone's used to it being in in the fall, but not having those top notch big name players? Or do you think that it's, you know, the ratings are going to be okay because you're still going to have football? Well, it's a, it's a tricky question to answer. I think, you know, not having football for the better part of uh, what would that be? You know, it could be, a year and a half almost, um, I think the ratings would be okay. It, it would certainly sting if, if the likes of Trevor Lawrence and some of the bigger names don't play. I, I, look, I, I also want to add that you know, today's a hard day for Big Ten and Pac-12 football fans. There's, there's no doubt about it. But at the same time, I think I think we are making progress to, a, to just a better product. Uh, college football has been uh, in the news for many years prior to 2020. Uh, and the conversation surrounding the players uh, versus the organizations, I mean, this isn't anything new. And 
And if I'm a player right now, uh, they, they've somewhat unionized, but I would, I would try and take that to, to more of an extent. Um, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if the players came out sooner rather than later and said, look, we're, we're just going to boycott the game uh, until something happens and until we can receive something uh, in reward for the product we put out there. But um, billion-dollar industry, you know, in, in certain areas of the country like Utah, the game of college football is the game people choose to watch. Yeah, it is so popular. And these players do so much and they, they get very little at the end of the day. And, uh, and so I wouldn't be surprised if, if the players take this, you know, even further uh, and potentially go on strike and just say, look, if you really want us to play that bad, then you're going to find a way to, to give us you know, at least some of what we're asking for. Uh, and then we can make progress there, but, but create a players association, create a power five commissioner, just do something to progress the game forward right now. I know it's tricky, but I do, I do think, and I'll take the glass half full approach here. I, I do think the game's moving in the right direction. And in uh, hopefully a handful of years, we'll, we'll see a much better, much more organized product out of the NCAA if there is an NCAA. I want to ask you guys quickly, two more questions. This one is, is just quick. If, if you guys have any inkling to this or any feeling, there's already some power five schools who have their uh, season canceled that are still trying to play in the fall. Do you see any PAC 12 school trying to follow this model? Sean, do you see any, any PAC 12 school doing this? No, because uh, I, I, a school like Utah, for example, where testing and, you know, the, the COVID crisis has not been as bad here as it's been in California or Arizona, Utah and Colorado, they don't have the leverage against the Pac-12 to stir that pot, right? Um, Oregon, I think, has done pretty well with the virus. Oregon might be the only one, but I think that that athletic department really presents itself as a very player-friendly and uh, fan-friendly organization. Uh, and so they're going to err on the side of caution and not enforce anything because they have a very long-term view. Uh, so I don't think that anyone in the Pac-12, California schools are, are just trying to stay open. So, no, I, I don't think anyone in the Pac-12 tries to go rogue. Uh, Mitch, do you, do you have any thoughts on that? I think Sean hit, hit on the head there. I mean, just, I think that the, the voices in the league, I mean, Nebraska, when you look at the Big Ten, when they're trying to do that, they, they kind of view themselves as still a, a college football powerhouse, even though the results the last few years haven't been that. But their view of themselves and the, the number of cases in the state of Nebraska would suggest they maybe could pull it off. And you got to think the Big 12 Conference that's trying to get off a, a season uh, would love to have the Cornhuskers maybe back for a year, I think they, they fit better in that conference anyway. But, yeah, the Pac-12, I mean, even in the state of Oregon, like Sean was mentioning, I, I remember they still have a ban on uh, large events, what, over 100 people up until the end of September. So, I mean, just the number of football players alone on a team, you would that, that's that's a far greater than, than that size of a, a crowd that you could have at some sort of an event. So, yeah, I don't see that happening uh, in the Pac-12 conference, but – I think Nebraska's, they seem adamant that they're willing to do whatever it takes to maybe make a season happen. I want to, I'd like to see the chaos. It'd be fun to follow. Tom, do you have any thoughts on that? That Do, do you see any Pac-12 school 
trying to at least go without a conference for at least the fall, just so that they can get a season in? No, I, I agree with what Mitch and NOC said. Um, I, I think that the case states uh, just too high right now, and, and the risk isn't. Uh, oh, the risk, I should say, far outweighs uh, the reward. I, I, I will add, um, and you guys are all Americans, you might not know international news as, as well as being a foreigner. And I say that lightheartedly, okay, because this is a dark conversation that we're having. I'm trying to make some laughs. Uh, but there are countries out there that have done a very, very good job uh, neglecting the virus. New Zealand, I'm sure many of the, our, our viewers here would have seen uh, as they woke up this morning, they had their first case in the entire country, and I'd have to look up the population, but there's a decent chunk of people there. First case in 102 days. So it is possible, uh, and that's promising, uh, but it's not easy, and it does take sacrifice, and it does take, uh, it, it does take communities uh, and society as a whole to, uh, to come together uh, and, and, and listen to the experts and do, and, and do what, what, what they're saying. But it is possible is my point, and, uh, and so I do think eventually, uh, and I have no idea when, I do think eventually the United States will We'll get to a point where we have very few cases uh, and hopefully that occurs prior to a vaccine being available uh, and maybe we can we can start looking towards college football but but right now uh, I mean state borders are still open that uh, there are very few lockdowns across the country it's just you know the, the countries that have done really well against the virus have taken extreme measures shut down borders uh, limited people outside I mean it's 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 difficult um, and right now, the country uh, is is not in a position to um, to take those measures. So, okay, Sean, I'm going to give you one minute because Tom took up too much of your time. Um, I want to bring up the uh, column you did that is actually right here. You just posted it today. Thoughts behind that uh, of who to blame for canceling college football this year? Look, at the end of the day, um, leadership is going to be be put under a microscope here, and it absolutely should be. However, uh, conference leadership and aside from the NCAA, they're the worst. Uh, they, they really did what they could to kind of pivot and try and make sure that in this environment, in the United States environment of continued COVID cases, you could try and make something happen. And unfortunately, you, you cannot play college football in a vacuum and you cannot completely isolate college football, the travel, the players, et cetera, from the communities in which you have to play. So we are the ones to blame because the community is where the cases are on the rise. The community is what didn't take the virus seriously enough or didn't do the right things with masks or didn't find the right information and follow the right medical advice or whatever. And I'm not trying to politicize this, but the community has failed the college athletes more than anyone else has because the community didn't stop the spread and didn't get rid of the virus. And Tom just made the point that a lot of places are back to normal. Well, New Zealand's population is only as large as Oregon's population. So it's a little bit of an apples to oranges comparison. But Europe is playing soccer. Italy, that was one of the hardest hit, is relatively back to normal. I mean, there's a lot of examples of our failures as an American society and even us folks here in Utah not doing a good enough job. So we as the community are the ones who failed. All right, guys, we're going to hop off so that we can uh, join the uh, webinar that the uh, Pac-12 is going to be holding so they can officially announce this. And so, But if you guys want any more in, uh, info, head over to kslsports.com. You've got it all right there. you also got Sean's column, which is right there, but we're going to move it up here. And, uh, and also follow us on Twitter at KSL Sports. Guys, 
appreciate you uh, joining me. Thank you. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.